Well, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. <laughs> it's good seeing you. Hey, can I get that pulpit, please? Thank you. Awesome. Hallelujah. Well, hey, let's just let's try not to move too fast. Let's let's again, Father, we just thank you. This is our believers meeting, but let's just take a moment. Father, is there anything else you'd like to do tonight before we move on? God, we look to you. Wait on you, Father. You're so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, hey, you know, I've had a, uh, a word, so Pastor Mark asked me to speak, and there's been something uh, that I've been wanting to, when he asked me, he said, would you want to preach? And I said, sure. And I immediately got a word, and, and uh, I believe this is for tonight, okay? And it's something that people tell me that I have, and so I was like, well, that's the case, and this should be somewhat easy. But uh, I want to talk tonight about joy, okay? Yes, Joy. I mean, you can't go better. I mean, I mean, how awesome a church service can you have? I mean, talking about joy, it's going to be great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people tell me sometimes, it's like, you know, hey, Joe, you're a very happy guy. And I say, thank you. <laughs> sometimes I wish, it's like, you're so humble. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> sort of like, uh, then I could write like Moses when he wrote in there. Moses, the most humble man in the land. If you guys read that and be like... Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't say that about yourself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just think with, the, with joy that our definition of it is a little messed up. Okay? If I were to ask you what is joy, I bet I could get a res- pretty much the same response from most of you as far as what that is and what it looks like. Most of us think joy is, Hi! <laughs> Just having such a great day. That's what most of us think is joy. So the more I studied this, the more I researched, studied, and uh, found a different definition for joy. Um, you know, I I remember watching, just relaxing at my house and watching, looking outside, and this bird flew in. I just remember watching it, and it's this little bird. It's morning time, and it's tweeting away. You know, and I it was just I was by myself and it was very quiet. I just remember watching this bird. I was like, this bird is, you know, it's obviously not a human. It has nothing, but it's so happy. Here it is tweeting all the time. It's, it knows that the sun's going to rise. It's going to get up. It's going to go get its worm, or a bird feeder for those that put up bird feeders. Uh, and the sun's going to set. Anyways, so here's this bird just all happy. And so I asked myself, what is joy? But then I want to ask another question. What gives me joy? What gives you joy? Okay? There's an issue as far as with the way that we've had joy, and that is circumstances control most people's joy. Meaning, you get a raise and you're happy. Okay? You, whatever. Someone's coming in town that you haven't seen forever, you're happy. It's joy. And, you know, and then something bad happens. Your pet gets hit, and then it's sad and it's crying, you're down and you're depressed and all this stuff. But here's the thing, true joy and happiness, they don't come from our circumstances. 
So if that was the, if that's not the case, okay, then you wouldn't see so many actors and famous people who make millions of dollars, who have people basically worshiping them, have all this fame, and here they are, depressed, they're lonely, committing suicide in the drugs, doing nasty acts or whatever, okay? If I were to come in here right now, it's like each and every single one of you guys are going to get a million bucks. I got it on stage, cash, every single one of you. I'd probably mess up every single one of you guys' lives. You, you guys would think, oh, I have all this money. I'm so happy. But the thing is, that's not going to keep you happy. That could, that's a temporary joy. It's a temporary happiness. Um, there's a person in the Bible that I like to look at. I love studying all the time. And I think he's just the most amazing person. That's Paul. Paul is one of the most craziest dudes okay, in the Bible. Okay? And we're going to get to some of the craziness. Like, okay, Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 6, 3. So basically in here, we have in chapter 6, verse 3, Paul's basically talking about his hardships. Okay? And this is, this is like just a little bit of them. I mean, we don't have everything written down. You know, everything isn't recorded. But from what is recorded is pretty crazy. Um, let's see. I want to move down into that verse, based on the verse 4, actually. But it says, We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. Okay? I'm going to stop right there because there's more verses where it says, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten three times, 40 lashes minus one, three times. You know, I've been adrift that day at sea. And he goes, listen, all these things. And then let's move on down to verse uh, number, let's see, verse 9. It says, we are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We've been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. We could stop right there and just literally just read right through that and miss a ton of stuff. If, if you're like me, see, I read this, and that's where I stop. We live close to death, but we're still alive. What kind of statement's that? Like, hey, Joe, how you doing? Well, I live close to death, but I'm still alive. And I have joy, Okay. And then go on, yeah, I've been beaten, but I haven't been killed. That's a strange terminology if you really think about it. Like, well, duh, you haven't been killed, but it sounds like you've been pretty close to it, you know. Uh, and he goes, continues on, we own nothing, yet we have everything. Does that make any sense? Like, how can that be? We own nothing, yet we, we, own nothing, yet we have everything. In Philippians 2, 17 through 18, Paul's basically talking about... Actually, let's go ahead and turn there real quick. Philippians 2. If you don't want to, I'm just going to read pretty quick through it. But he says in verse 17, But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Okay. So, remember earlier I said Paul's a little crazy? Okay, he's a pretty cool dude. Okay. Again... I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring out like a liquid offering. Okay. This guy obviously has something that's real. Okay. You can't take away this guy's attitude, Paul's attitude, Paul and Silas. 
How can you take away someone's joy like this when their attitude is, yeah, I've been beaten, but I'm not, I haven't, I haven't been killed? Or, yeah, I will rejoice pouring out my life as a liquid offering. It's like, it, you know, it's safe. These guys are the same people who were, uh, if I get the story correct, but they're in the streets and they're preaching, okay? And they say, correct me if I'm wrong, but they say, stop preaching or else we're going to throw you in the prison or we'll beat you. And they continue on preaching. <laughs> beat him, okay? So they grab them and they beat them. And those beatings are brutal. I mean, there's not like a little spanking. Like, they beat the tar out of these guys, okay? Send them on the way. Yeah, that's going to be, they're, they're, they're done. They're, they'll be fine. They go back and there they are again. If you don't stop, we're going to put you in prison. We'll make it worse. Because I imagine the days back in prison where they didn't have television and weights and, and three meals a day and all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay? It's not the prison like you see now. <laughs> this had to been pretty brutal. So here they are preaching again. So what are we going to do? Throw them in the prison. They get thrown in the prison. What happens next? They're praising God. Okay, and then all the prisoners, everyone else is, because of them rejoicing them singing, everyone else is rejoicing and singing. And what can you do to someone like that? And what ends up happening is, you know, they end up getting out because of an earthquake or whatever happened. And it's, they obviously had something. How do you get this attitude? How do you get this mindset that these guys had? And the thing that I realize is joy comes from within, and joy is a state of mind. Okay? Here's the thing. Paul said in Philippians, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Why did he say it two times? Why would he have to say something two times? Here, this is cool. Rejoice, if I say Mac, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. That's a command to rejoice. And if you read in Deuteronomy 28, if you want to turn there, Where are we in 40, verse 47? It says, because... Okay, well, here, here's the thing. Let me, let me back up real quick. See, so ha- happiness isn't dependent upon our circumstances, okay? It's a state of mind, not a state of being. So, in Deuteronomy 28, here you have the people of Israel, okay? They were punished for not rejoicing. It says, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart... For the abundance of all things, therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness. It keeps going on. So if joy was, if joy was a command and the people were punished for not rejoicing, okay, then what does that mean? That means happiness is something that you and I both control in our lives. Okay? Otherwise, God would have been unjust to do that to them, Right? So, most people think that happiness is a result instead of a choice. Happiness comes to me. I have money. I have fame. I have my family. I've got my friends. I've got my cars. I've got my houses. That's not it. See, they believe that if they didn't have any problems and they had an abundance of good things, that happiness would be there, but that's not true. See, Happiness is a state of being, not a state of... It's a, it's not, it isn't a state of being, it's a state of mind. See, a person can be happy when everyone else around them is in turmoil. 
And they can be content no matter what the financial or physical conditions are. See, Paul, Paul said he was content in every, in every way of living. He said he's learned to live with plenty and he's learned to live with nothing. And we can see back in that in, uh, uh, Second Corinthians that here he's saying we own nothing yet we have everything. So obviously, like I said, he has something. Here's a really good saying, and you should write this down if you can. It's not your problems that are your problem, or it's not your problems that are the problem. It's the way you see your problems and the value you place on them that makes them a problem. I'll say that again. It's not your problems that are the problem. It's the way you see your problems and the value you place on them that makes them a problem. So, Paul said all his afflictions were but for a moment. <laughs> Paul was, I don't know if you guys know what, like, flogged. I believe this is the right term, but flogged or something. It's where they hang you upside down or whatever and beat your feet until your feet are broken. Okay, it's just like, these, these afflictions are yet for a moment. It's just like, how do you... <laughs> I don't understand, but... Uh, you know, he's saying that they were short-lived and comp- compared to eternity. See, Paul, Paul put everything into an eternity perspective. Uh, Paul, Paul and Silas, when they're, uh, when they're worshiping, here's the thing. When they were worshiping in the prisons, an earthquake happened, okay? And they could have ran out. Or actually, I think I'm getting two stories mixed up. Either, were the, were the gates opened? Or did the earthquake happen? And that, I'm the one preaching. I don't mean, The gate. Okay, so that, okay, so good. Because I'm like, am I getting two stories mixed up? So anyways, so earthquake happened. And these guys, so here they are praising. They've been beaten. They've been put in prison. And, and they're praising God, worshiping him. And these gates are opened. Okay, earthquake happens. And the, uh, the uh, guard, he wakes up and sees that the you know doors are open and he get, he's ready to kill himself and that's and then they stop him okay and they end up ministering to him and everything. The thing is that they weren't Paul and Silas weren't worshiping God to try to get him to deliver them because if that was the case then as soon as <laughs> as soon as those doors open they would hightail it out of there like you think so I don't want to be beat again. <laughs> I am gone, you know. Uh, see, when when they're praising God, it, you got to think of it like with our lives. When we have certain times in our lives where, where uh, you know, we're not necessarily in prison, but difficulties, hardships, and everything, we're worshiping God not to get Him to do something. We're worshiping because of who He is. And see, what happens is that what our praise releases God's power to flow and to work in our lives. Okay, that's what. That's what these guys did. It's, it's a power of God to come in and change things. It's, it's, you're having a bad day. Something happened. It's, God, I worship you. I thank you. And what you're, allowing, what you're doing is that you're causing God's power to come into your life and to change that situation. See, the thing, regardless of how bad things are in life, we have such an amazing eternity promised to us. That all our troubles are nothing in comparison. Paul, it's in Romans 8, 18. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. 
See, uh, turn with me to James 1. This is the best book, (laughs) in my opinion. I absolutely love this. James 1, verse 2. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He'll not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divine loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. This just said a boatload of things. Okay? When trouble comes our way, consider it a great opportunity for joy. Okay, here's the thing. There's two things that we can do with this, with, with what we just read. One, we can cry and complain. We can post on Facebook. We can get a prayer chain going. Okay? Because, oh, troubles came my way. And trying to do all this stuff. Or, we can do what it says. When trouble comes, we're considered an opportunity for great joy. Okay? We can lift our hands and we can praise God. We're not praising Him because of what just happened. We're saying, yes, this happened, this stinks. But God, thank you. You're good. Okay? Because, man, we can do that. The reason why we can lift our hands and we can praise God in these situations is because we we already have the victory. We're more than conquerors. Jesus did it all. It's... It's ours. It's, that's why we can do this. Amen. Satan lost his power. He's got nothing. Right. Okay? Count it all joy. When temptations and trial come your way, what do you do? What's your first reaction? What's your first thing that happens? That will tell you where you're at with your walk. It really will. And that's not to bash. That's just for you to see. When something comes my way, what's my instant reaction? Are you sad? Or are you saying, yes, Satan, you lying piece of trash. Okay? <laughs> Bring it, because you got nothing. And we can tell, we can say that. Okay? You don't need to be afraid. <laughs> I can say Satan, bring it on. Because he's got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Here's a, here's, a, here's a thing reading this. And this is, this is a... What, when, uh, verse 5, if you need... Let's see, it's not verse 5. Verse 6, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalties is unsettled as a wave of the sea, is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, because their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. Here's the way I look at it. I'm a very black and white person, okay? With this, there is no middle ground. If I were to draw a line... I'm in the screen right now, sort of in the middle. If you could see a line, we're going right down the screen. Okay? There is no middle ground when it comes down to these things. You're either, I should go left, trust God, <laughs> trust God, okay? or you're not trusting God. There's no, I'm in the middle. I'm sort of trusting God. That doesn't exist. You want to know why? Because you're going to get nothing. 
It doesn't work that way. You either go all in or nothing. Here's the thing. I, we had, me and my wife, we had a thing a while back that came up and uh, we owed some money to something that we didn't owe money to. It sounds weird, but they were in the wrong, we were in the right. It was a complete bogus situation. And I remember, and it was a good sum of money, and I was pretty irritated with it. I'm like, this is stupid, okay? We don't need that. We shouldn't have to pay this. These guys are a bunch of crooks, okay, with the way this is going on. We had stuff to fight it, but it wouldn't have lasted. And so, and here's what happened. I noticed myself griping and complaining, and I caught myself. It was like the next day, I need water. I caught myself griping and complaining. And all of a sudden, and I talk to myself sometimes, it's not weird. I said, literally, I caught myself, I was like, what are you doing? I said, why are you acting like this? And I was brought back to James, where it says, count it all joy. What I did with that situation, yes, my first reaction, like I was saying earlier, it showed me where I was. But I'm like, I don't want to be that way. So I immediately, I said, you know what, whatever, I'm in the right, I know I'm right with this. And it's not like one of those things where you're like prideful and like, I am right, okay, you're wrong. It was literally, yeah. Anyways, and so I said, you know what, I was like, I'm in the right, they're in the wrong, I'm going to pay this. And God, I thank you that you're my provider. Now you're either going to cause us just the, to go away. Or that you're just going to let this money come back. And what happened right from that point, I, when I decided, it was literally like three days later, as I, uh, I was doing, I, sometimes I was doing random side jobs, and I got a side job that I got. And remember, this was a large amount of money. This side job literally paid for the whole entire thing. And you can't say that that wasn't God. That was God. <laughs> You know, it's like, would that job have come in if I would have been griping and complaining? Yeah. <laughs> I can't predict the future, but what I do know is what, how I acted and what I did in that situation. And on top of that, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. Sort of. See, with that, though, is... Uh, we got to do, like, in, in times like this, do something. Have something that God can bless. Because if I wouldn't have been doing things on the side like that, or if I didn't have anything going on, then how can God, how, how could have God done that, have done that? If, unless, you know, you talk to somebody, you're like, here, here you go, here's a check for this amount of money. It's just, but I'm just saying, do something. It's just like, have something like that going. Put your hand to something. Like I said, totally off, but I got that, wanted to say it. Anyways, we're not called to be normal, okay? If you read this stuff in Scripture, if you look at Paul, none of that's normal to society. I mean, if... if yeah, I just got beat. Praise God. So good. You're crazy, you know? Or, or the opposite. Seriously, the opposite. How are you doing? Man, we just had to pay this, this amount of money... These people were wrong, but yeah, whatever. God's, God's got it. It's all good. It's, 
That's not normal. The Bible does a lot of things that aren't normal. Love your enemy, give to your enemy, pray for your enemy. Heck, even with giving, it's just like some of this stuff just like, that doesn't make sense. It's like, if I want to save money to do stuff, you're telling me to give money away? Or opposite with these other things, like that doesn't make sense. Be joyful when something bad happens. You're crazy. So when we do this, see, we're operating in God's law and we're releasing God's power to flow into our lives. See, that's where God's blessing is at. It's And back to another testimony of mine. See, I was telling you earlier, I love this chapter. We just recently had another thing, okay? And again, use this same exact verse with something that came our way. And this time, it was just, it was just like, no, it's, it, it, it was like one of those times where it's like, wow, okay, we can, how are we going to do this? And immediately went to this. And if you would have known what was going on and you would have asked me, you thought it's like you, it, it would have been the same thing that Paul's doing. It was rejoicing in something that, in, in bad news, but I'm not going to go into detail as far as with that, but, uh, but the thing is with it, I, we were, we were rejoicing. And we're praising God and we're speaking the things that we want to see. Yeah, you might have said this, but my God's bigger than this and this is the way that it's going to be. That's what we started speaking. And want to know what happened? That's what we got. I, I like to... Going back to with Jesus, with the fig tree... See, with, with our situation, it's like you couldn't, I mean, I couldn't, you couldn't really see it. The fig tree with Jesus, when you have two uh, instances, one, the same instance, but two different books are saying two different things. You, uh, they're saying with the fig tree, they walk up to it, Jesus curses it and immediately dies. And the disciples are amazed. amazed. And then the next book goes to it and it says, he went up to it, spoke to it, left, they came back, and it was withered away, and the disciples were amazed. amazed. So... The thing I want to say with that, with what we were, with what we're doing in this situation, is that when you're, when you're speaking the things, you're speaking to the fig tree. When Jesus spoke to that fig tree, just because instant results didn't come, doesn't mean that things weren't changing. When he spoke to that, it's like you might not be able to see things that we're speaking to, but the thing is, you got to be on the James side of yes, this is the way it might look. This is the way I'm told it is, but I'm speaking to it, and I'm wanting it to be this way, and it's going to be that way. And like I said, it's that middle. There's no, there's no line. One, you're either rejoicing, you're saying, God, thank you, you're so good. Or you're on the other side, <laughs> you're on Facebook, you're telling all your friends, doing all this stuff. I advise you, don't do that. If you're going to talk, literally here, I told one person, okay? If you're going to talk to somebody, if, some, if, if you're in a situation in your life and it's, something's bad and you need to talk to somebody, okay, talk to somebody that you can trust and talk to somebody that has a better relationship with God than you do. Okay? Someone who's not going to be going around telling a bunch of people. Because I'll tell you this. Like I was saying earlier with the fig tree, it, I personally believe when you go and you tell someone, get me a prayer chain going. I don't, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe in prayer chains. Okay? You say, get me a prayer chain going. I don't want... People that don't know how to pray, praying for me. Saying stuff. God, let it be your will. No, it is God's will. Okay? I want one person, or two, or whatever, that know what they're doing, 
that are going to be speaking the same things that I'm wanting. And I would advise you to do that. Just try it. <laughs> Just, I'm, going to go all, I'm, I'm going to go all out this one time and see what happens. And you won't go back. And here's another thing, too. Speaking things into... Go, forgot to say this. Speaking things into existence... Or, I should say, speaking to things doesn't deny its existence. When you're speaking to something, you're denying its place and its right in your life. That's what's going on. So, here, here's the thing. We're, we represent a kingdom... And everyone, there's there, people watch you, people watch me. We're all being watched, okay? If people know that you're a Christian, you're being watched. What are you being watched for? You're being watched for that moment for them to be able to see something to happen, to give them a reason not to believe what you believe. But if we flip this over to James... And they see that so-and-so, this just happened to so-and-so. Why are they acting that way? What's up? It, it gives them that thing as far as with earlier with Paul, like, what is, that doesn't make any sense. But that's working in their life. How come that person's always happy? How come that person always has joy? What is it about you? Remember, you're being watched. We represent the kingdom. This is why I believe that Paul was so influential in that day, why why was Paul? You know, he wrote so many books, like what it was like sixty percent, seventy percent, or whatever, maybe might be even higher than that of the New Testament. One dude. And why was that? And I here you have Paul first killing Christians. You got to think about this. First, Paul's killing Christians. Then all of a sudden, here he is claiming to be one, and he's getting beat and he's rejoicing in all of it. All this stuff. That says something. That says, you got something that's real, and I want it. We need more Pauls. <laughs> we don't need more beatings, but we need more Pauls. <laughs> and, you know, here, in our circles, I, I did want to say this too. In, in our circles, it's, it's easy, I think it could be easy for somebody to hear something like this. And to feel condemned from a situation that they responded to or saying, I'm just not there yet. And I just want to say, no condemnation whatsoever with where you're at in your walk. Okay? This is, this is something to try to get to. Like I said, what's your first reaction? If your first reaction is what, immediately going to sadness and all this stuff, that should open up your eyes and be like, how can I get gladness? How can I get this mindset? Okay, so no condemnation where you're at, ever. See, if God is always with you, then there's no reason to not have joy at all times. I was talking with somebody that, about that that was dealing with some depression and stuff, and I'm just like, I was trying to encourage him. He's like, if you just knew. Like, listen, God is... It's all around you. The Holy Spirit's always with you. It's like you don't need to worry about anything. It's just like he's there. He's not like on call waiting, waiting, waiting. He's there. He's right. He's in this room. 
We've got to get that mindset with it. Holy Spirit's all around us. God's presence is always with that. It makes life so much better. Why? Because, oh, this just happened. God, I know you're right here. Thank you. God, thank you for helping me during this right now. Showing me a way. And just rejoicing. So, I went through all that because I asked you a question in the beginning. What is joy? And I want to answer that now. What is joy? And you can find that in Jeremiah 17. In verse 7, it says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such, heat, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried, about, worried by long months of drought. Their leaves, are, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Wow. They're not bothered by the heat. You're a tree. This is referring to you as a tree. <laughs> Not bothered by heat. Is this talking about being out in the desert? Because <laughs> I'd be bothered by some heat. <laughs> no. It's talking about when heat comes your way, when things come your way, you're not bothered by it. Okay? Long months of drought. Okay? You're not worried about those. Your leaves stay green and you never stop producing fruit. What is this all based off of? After doing, looking at all this, Trying to find out what joy is because there's the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Joy is listed as number two. But it's just like, what is joy? Joy, boiled down to it, is rooted in trust. Okay? Joy is trusting God and having confidence that everything is going to be alright. And it's the determined choice to praise God in all circumstances. That's what joy is. Joy isn't... I'm happy. This could be joy. This could be joy. It's a state of mind. It's trusting God. It's it's the mindset. It's inward and it's outward. See, even today I was like, I was thinking, I was like, what? I was like, I need, I need to look up joy. I want to know that definition. You want so joy is a noun. Okay, you want to know what the verb for joy is? I thought this was really cool. <laughs> it's rejoice. See, joy gives you confidence. It gives you hope. It's saying, God is with me. I've got the victory. God's got my back. What's there to be worried about? Nothing. So when you ask yourself that question... When it comes down to it, when you say nothing, it's like, okay, I'll just praise God. Thank you. Father, you're so good. <laughs> That's what that is. Jeremiah 15 is talking in there. I want to, it's just one page over. 15 verse 16. He said, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. What I want to say with this is that you have to know what God says regarding your situation. If you don't know that God has already healed you, okay, then when it comes down to something coming your way, you, what are you going to do if it's something you don't know? You don't find out 
read the Bible, certain things. Fin- Go read the Bible about finances, about giving, about uh, anything that you want. Know, th- know these things so when they come your way, because here's the thing, stuff's going to come your way. Life, life isn't perfect. And it's what you do with what comes your way, that's going to be the, de- the determined result. And here's the thing. If you don't have joy, remember I said joy is trust. If you don't have joy, then you don't have trust. If you don't have trust, then your relationship with God isn't as real as it can be or the way he wants it. And your faith isn't in God alone. So remember that true joy and happiness okay, starts with a decision and the rest is up to you and how you handle it. I just want to say, it's just, like I said earlier, this is not a condemnation type thing. This is just giving it to you of how it is. This is how it is. Reevaluate your relationship with God and see where you're at. See where you need to grow. And I encourage you next time, if something comes your way, to go to James and let that be your initial reaction. Let that be where you thought you're in the middle or whatever. It's just like, which side am I on? And to really go on the good side. I had this, I wrote this down. I didn't really want to say, get into it, because this could be a whole different topic. But it's not a whole different topic, it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm saying you could really go somewhere. With it. Here, here's the thing, real quick, with this, okay? Because this is part of joy. A lot of people think, a lot of people, their joy is hindered. A joy, I will call it the joy killer, okay? Is when we think that our sin affects. I gotta say this right. <laughs> okay. It's when we think that our sin is damaging our relationship with God. Stop for a second. Okay. I just made a really good statement. <laughs> sin doesn't affect. Your relationship with God. What happens? Okay, this is a joy killer because I've seen it. Okay, people, I've just, I'm, I, I keep doing this, this, and this. We gotta stop this for a second. Your relationship with God. When you, when sin happens, God doesn't look at you and say, "You pathetic, worthless piece of junk," <laughs> or whatever you want to think that He says. Your sin is a joy killer to you, not to God. God's obviously not rejoicing, but that's not what he's seeing. Because I met so many people and talked with them as far as not having joy because of what they've done. And listen, you've got to see this. It's the truth. God doesn't see that. He looks at you. Who does he see? He sees Jesus. It's our relationship. Okay? That it's affecting us the way that we think. God is just like, where are you? Where are you, buddy? Come here. Son, daughter. 
I want you. Don't let that be a joy killer to you. But here's the thing. I'm not saying that means just go on sinning and that everything's fine because it says in there, if you think your darkness is light, but it's darkness, how deep is that darkness? So what I'm saying is just, Paul, even Paul is just saying, we're talking about grace and everything. It's like, you saying that we should just go about, keep on sinning? It's like, no, that came up two times. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you do mess up, don't let that cause your joy to go down. Let that make you run to your daddy. That's what we got to do. Don't let it turn away and, you know, with Adam and Eve hiding in the garden because they were hiding because what they did. And God's calling out to them, where are you? And, you know, no, don't let that be. Let Go to the Father and worship him. Bow down and praise him. Amen. Well, let's say, let's just, let's just pray real quick. Father, we just thank you so much. Father, we thank you for joy. Father, and I pray, Lord, that you let this message that went out tonight, these words, that they pierce these hearts. God, let, 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 let them see, let your people see, God, that joy and its happiness, it's a decision. It doesn't come from, from the money that we make, the things that we have, any circumstances. God, our joy comes in our decision. Father, I'm always praising you in every circumstance. The good and the bad. Father, because you're so faithful to us. You're so good. <laughs> like we're singing tonight, you're a good, good father. It's who you are and I'm loved by you. Because it's who I am. It's all that you want. You just want You just want us. You want our hearts. We praise you, Father. You're so good. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Bless your name. Thank you, Father. Hey, do you have that song that I trust you? Do you have that? You don't? Man, what do we pay you for? <laughs> I'm just playing with you, dude. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I hope this I hope this helps some of you guys tonight and open up some eyes. And that you go out of here with joy making the decision that you're gonna be happy. <laughs>